Welcome back to the Plumline podcast where we measure life against God's truth. We are delighted to be bringing you today our biggest panel of guests ever, um, hot off the success of our UK Makaton Blessing episode with Becky that came out um, at the weekend. We are delighted to have Becky back with us, as well as Hannah and Benice. All three of them are involved with WAVE, which is based in Muswell Hill in London and provides weekly and monthly groups of activities for, um, for people with learning disabilities and additional needs in their communities. Um, Benice is a co-founder and co-leader of, of WAVE and Becky has worked there in the past and Hannah also works there now. So um, ladies, welcome to the podcast. Hannah, have I got that right? You do work at WAVE? Yeah, I help yeah, with do. WAVE, yeah. Yeah. So Hannah, let me get this straight. Hannah used to be at our church here in Sheffield. And um, so Hannah, it's really nice to, to be back in touch with you after such a long time. Um, the main thing I remember about you is that you did a year at Disney World in Florida as part of your degree. I, that, I just remember that was quite exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you learned loads there, which you are able to put into your, your current role. Um, and Benice, welcome to the podcast as well. Thank you. Um, it's lovely to have you here. Um, as we as we start, would you tell us a bit about WAVE for people who haven't heard about it? Well, I'll imagine that will be the majority. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, WAVE stands for We're All Valued Equally. And we are, uh, I suppose I describe us as a grassroots voluntary group that started in our community. Um, and we started really from a place of personal need. Um, I started to think that we needed to do something to help families and individuals with learning disabilities uh, in our community. Um, after I myself was at a point with my daughter, she was in her late teens and she was, I was feeling sometimes because there were a lot of difficulties that she was facing socially that I couldn't help her with. And I remember getting quite angry about how hard things were and I was, crying out to God about it. And, and I came across this saying a few years back that um, be careful what you pray and be ready to be the answer to your own prayers because the answer to my prayer was, <laughs> well, maybe we need to do something about this. Um, and so a number of us from our church who have children or young adults with learning disabilities, we got together and we started to pray about what it was that we could do. Um, my co-founder Celia, who I didn't know particularly well at the time, um, when I phoned her and said, you're going to think I'm insane, but I think I want to do something for families with learning disabilities in the local community. I thought she was going to say, yeah, lovely, Denise, okay. But she was actually said, no, I feel exactly the same. I felt exactly the same prompting. And she'd had a dream a couple of nights beforehand, which had affirmed that for her. So we just felt that maybe this was something we needed to do. And we met and we prayed about it and plans started from there. So what what did the initial and like the early days of WAVE look like? What was like the first thing that you did? And can you remember that first meeting or service yes. or whatever it was? Well, it, Celia knew immediately what she wanted to do. Her daughter um, has undiagnosed learning disabilities and she found it very challenging um, when she was uh, when her daughter was first diagnosed because there was no support group that she could go to. So if her daughter had Down syndrome, she could have joined the Down syndrome association, etc. But without a diagnosis, she felt very isolated. Um, and she knew immediately that she wanted to start a group for mothers with babies with additional needs. So within about, being Celia, within about two months of our initial prayer meeting, she was up and running <laughs> and she had a team and, um, I remember going along to her first meeting and I think only one mother came with a baby with additional needs and and we were like, oh, maybe we've got this wrong, you know, maybe there isn't a need for this, but actually within weeks there were loads of um, mothers there with babies with additional needs all supporting each other. And, and so that was the start, the challenge group. 
and that continues to be a wonderful place. Um, it took us with older children much longer to work out what it was we wanted to do. Um, but having looked around, I found out about an organization called Prospects that run an accessible church for adults with learning disabilities. And I thought, great, we'll find a Prospects group. To my shock, there was not one group in the whole of London. They had groups all over the country, but there were none. And when was, when was this? Um, when are we talking? This would have been in 2008. Right. So, wow. Gosh, really recent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to this day, I still can't work out why London is such a wasteland for accessible church. Um, but that's possibly another podcast. Um, so we, we looked around and then eventually we begrudgingly said, well, maybe we'll have to try and start one. And we had some training and a lot of encouragement from Pete and Chris Windmill, who were at Prospects at the time. And we got going with our accessible church meetings. And we were, honestly, we did not have a clue what we were doing to start, to start <laughs> off with. It was, well, let's suck it and see. And, but we had a great team and um, everybody brought ideas and yeah, somehow it works. And I think actually when you start doing stuff where you're really not that sure what you're doing, that's when you become heavily reliant on prayer and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit seems to do what you can't do, which was our experience. So if we walked into a wave to, I'm assuming it's a Sunday, Sunday morning? Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. If we were to walk into a wave um, meeting this Sunday afternoon, which obviously we wouldn't be anyway because of the pandemic, but um, what would it be like? What, what, what happens? What are they like? So um, you walk in and there's a lot of chatter going on. There's a lot of excited people welcoming each other, quite often hugging each other because we haven't seen each other for a whole month. Um, and there's music being practiced in the corner for us when we start. Um, you'll walk into a room that's quite uh, small and cosy. Uh, there are tables with uh, craft activity on. Um, there'll be a visual timetable um, and a welcome sign for everybody. And we start off, people are just chatting to each other. And then we start our meeting, I won't call it a service. Um, we start our meeting and people settle down and can be as free as they like in terms of moving around the room or continuing with the craft or joining in with what we're doing. Um, and yeah, so it's it's a very informal, fun meeting. And our opening song, we always start with the same opening song. We are here together, brothers and sisters, one big family, and that's what it feels like. And I imagine that song is sung and signed? Yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and Becky, and, you've, been, you've been very involved, haven't you, with the Makaton down, down at Wave? Yeah, so I, I was actually trying to remember the other day when it actually was. So Bernice, I think, just Googled Makaton shooters and then found people in London, emailed me, asked if I would be interested in signing at their gatherings, their services. Not having a clue if I was a Christian or not. <laughs> um, and my reply was very much, yes, I've been hoping that I would be able to find something that I could get involved in. Um, we met in a coffee shop, had a chat, <laughs> um, and then I went to their next service. So yeah, um, I sign along to their songs, so there's usually three or four songs in each of the services. Um, and yeah, so yeah, so I will sign the three or four songs. Um, and like Bernice said, there's a nice structure to Wave, which I think is one of the things that lots of people find really reassuring. They they come along the room set out in the same way each week. Um, there's the same song that we start with, the same introduction, and then there's the same song at the end. And the bits in between might change, but that's when they have a visual kind of schedule, which is really clear to, to prompt everyone to 
have an idea of what's happening next in the service. Hannah, so your your job now is um are you your head of community ministries at St James Muswell Hill? Is that right? I've been working at St James's for three years. Okay. And you've been involved with WAVE since you were a student, haven't you? Because it's in your sort of home patch. Yeah, so Bernice's daughter, um, who kind of was the reason behind WAVE, um, is one of my longest standing friends. Um, so when WAVE actually started, I was at the launch day of WAVE um, and we also, so we have Wave Church and we also are wanting to have kind of a social setting. So we decided to have um, Wave Club as well. And we were trying to think of ideas of how we could kind of do sociable things as well. Um, so I, yeah, I was part of Wave Club and Wave Church since it started. And with my role at St. James, um, I helped to co-lead the challenge group um, and that takes place at our church on Friday mornings um, and um, Becky actually came and did um, a Macaton training um, at St James but for um, some of our church kind of uh, Sunday school leaders but also for our WAVE church team and our challenge group team to make sure that we were signing the correct signs as we realized that for various um sign for various songs that we were doing we were not doing the correct signs <laughs> um so it was fantastic to have the correct signs being done <laughs> so hannah i can remember you I, I can remember meeting you when you were a student and um i can also remember you being the first person to ever introduce me to scallops which you came and cooked at my house i don't know if you remember that um it was just after the girls had been born and most people bring like shepherd's pie but you brought scallops so <laughs> i'm was, just gonna say that, was that, great. Is, that is raising the uh, bring them a meal game by some noxious <laughs> <laughs> at my house anytime <laughs> so i think what's what really strikes me about um what really strikes me about i suppose you as a person is um you've kind of you've kind of got come from this um place where you've studied um what what was the what's the actual name of the is it culinary no that's not right is it, it was it was it the was... longest course title ever but it was international <laughs> hospitality business management with culinary arts so wow. basically yeah <laughs> i mean the poor people on graduation day having to say it <laughs> um but yeah so that that's probably why i was weird and bought you scallops soon after you'd given birth <laughs> which was, twins <laughs> which was totally fine it was cool and you know i had no idea what was going on anyway so um but i think you've you've kind of been at both ends of the spectrum haven't you you've you've come from this world where um, you described it to me when we spoke on the phone a while ago, this kind of five star world where you were learning how to, um, how to work within like some of the best restaurants and institutions that there are. Um, and you've kind of, you've, I suppose, swapped it for homeless outreach and um, working for a church and like working with children with additional needs and, it's um i mean it's it's actually a it's a real kind of privilege in way in some ways to have sat back and watch you kind of grow in understanding your gifts and um that interest that you have in hospitality and seeing what that means for you now um is is really lovely but how do you like how do you kind of um when like when you look back on the world that you have been in and the world that you are in now, how did it make you feel, you know, being at the launch of Wave, for example, and now knowing what that's become and how dear that is to so many? Um, yeah, how does that sort of disparity work in your head? I think the launch of Wave was, I mean, I remember the day that we were sat there, we, we were kind of just hopeful that, you know we didn't quite know what it was going to look like or be and it was um 
we were kind of excited, but also a bit, a bit concerned about what was to come. Um, and I think it's been, it's been amazing to see every step of the journey. So actually when I used to work um, in a five-star luxury hotel, I used to leave um, on a Friday and all of my colleagues would go to the pub after work, but I would go um, to, um, to our church hall up in Muswell Hill and go to Wave Club and be part of a group. Wave, um, Wave's motto is with not for. So it's people with and without learning disabilities um, having a fun time. So, you know, we went to the theatre once and, you know, we'd go bowling, we'd do, um, oh, we do, I mean, I'm losing, what, what else we did we do? We did self-defence, we did yeah. cookings, we did that we did wonderful tennis. session where we painted each other with handprints. Oh, yeah. We did tennis, <laughs> um, we did dance once, oh, we did um, ceramic making. Yeah. And, um, and I remember telling my colleagues about what I would do on a Friday and they just couldn't understand why I wouldn't go to the pub with all of them and get drunk. Um, and we had this staff day where we had to kind of do a training session and they gave me all the Krispy Kreme donuts at the end of the day and said, oh, take these to Wave. <laughs> and I thought, oh, Wave members really don't need loads more Krispy Kremes um, because our Wave members love to eat a lot of food. Um, as the, at the end of the service, uh, when we have our Wave Church meeting, um, the highlight, most of them, is our tea and cake. Yeah. <laughs> so actually bringing this huge box of donuts from central London was... Um, but, you know, I thought it was amazing that this hotel wanted to give me these four waves. So, yeah, I think it's been an amazing journey to see Wave be on. And, um, yeah, and now to be part of it. Um, and in September, we actually had a big celebration for 10 years of Wave. Um, and Becky was there um running a sensory room in our side chapel at our church and we had a big party um and it was on the 21st of september and we had the man from earth wind and fire playing the song september oh, which wow. says mo pleasure yeah <laughs> yeah mo pleasure which says do you remember the 21st night of September? And we all were going mad on the dance floor. <laughs> and it was people with and without learning disabilities just having the time of their life. Mm. I, was, I, was, I was just remembering that um, when you mentioned Hannah and hospitality, one of the things I remember after we had our, our launch workshop was that Hannah asked my daughter and another young woman with Down syndrome if they wanted to go for a Starbucks. And I remember Sarah, the other young woman, looking at Hannah and saying, but why would you want to come and have a coffee with us? You haven't got Down syndrome. And it was, it was such a surprise to the individuals with learning disabilities that Hannah would want to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. But Hannah, hospitality is, runs through her. <laughs> so yeah. although, she, whether it's five-star hotel or soup kitchen, she is... Yeah. Hospitality. And Sarah still remembers that because when we had the celebration in September, she came up to me and said, I'll never forget that Starbucks where you took me there, which was so heartwarming because most of my friends wouldn't remember going to Starbucks with me. And I thought, this one Starbucks we went for in 2008 and you still remember that. Amazing. There must be a lot of mileage in, um, in sort of... I mean, not to sort of overdo it, but the idea that you would come from, that someone would, would swap a five-star hotel hospitality industry career for the work that you're doing now, and also the idea of hospitality being for everybody and, you know, Jesus serving the best wine at the wedding, um, you know, not just saying, oh, well, I'll just give, give her a cup of instant, it doesn't matter. And you're saying, let's go to Starbucks. You know, I think is, um, and I hope people have got their money's worth of illustrations for their sermons out of out of this kind of this kind of work. Because I, I think um, I think your I'm sure your hospitality training, the psychology around it, the impact that it has on people, how it makes them feel about 
the events that they're at and the things that they're at. I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it's, you know, it's maybe it's worldly wisdom, but I, I, I imagine that's a real boon to the sort of service that you're providing, the activities that you're putting on for people so that you're able to think really professionally about about the impact mm. that the things you're doing are having, what will make people come back, what will make people not return, what will make people encourage others to come to it. So I think it's... Um, yeah, I mean, God's just used just used all of your education and all of your training to bless all sorts of different kinds of people, and I imagine mm. you're you're a good ambassador for um for 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 the work, perhaps back among some of your five star connections. You know, they're they're always useful. Well, one of the things <laughs> that I do on a um, on a Tuesday is we run a community cafe, and a few of our wave members um, come and they help at the cafe and I mean it's quite funny because if I mean if any of them were to work you know in the five-star hotel with me they would never be able to get away with what they get away with um you know I mean one of our one of our members um you know she um you know she she goes up and tells one of my volunteers um to leave and says you know I don't want you here every week um but but actually um the volunteer knows that she isn't being rude she's actually saying that just because she's seen it on tv and actually um she knows that she's just having a conversation with her mm. and it's been amazing to kind of see the journey i think of the volunteers without learning disabilities kind of have to change their hearts and understanding to um to all these members with learning disabilities um and you know actually whether it takes you you know them five minutes to wash up compared to a minute or you know um it really doesn't matter you know the fact that they're there they're having a great time um it's a mixed abilities group it's yeah it's fantastic and i think also something that we as the sort of co-founders of wave discovered was that we started out saying we want to help other families with children with learning disabilities. Um, and then we discovered through our groups that we were equally, if not more blessed by participating in them. And mm. though, I mean, at, <laughs> at Wave Church, sometimes we, we were, we used to meet in a, in the sort of a small annex room to the main church in the Methodist church that we meet in. And, um, we were getting a little bit crowded in there as the group grew. And we would have visitors without learning disabilities. And I'd be like, why are they coming? <laughs> and then my team would say to me, Denise, we are inclusive. Remember, <laughs> oh, all right then. <laughs> so, but it was the fact that even if people didn't have a learning disability or a family member or friend with a learning disability, there was something about being in that sort of worship environment that was it attracted people who wanted to be in a place where you could just be yourself um, mm. and when you have people of different abilities worshipping together there's a very special atmosphere in the place and people are attracted to that yeah I so I think like one of the things um I think that one of the, the story is so powerful and so um, inspiring in so many ways. Um, and I mean, the three of you talk with such love and um, compassion, I suppose, for people who or for whom church might be and might have been a really, really hard place. I was reading, actually, I was just doing a bit of reading around the topic and found um, found a website where a man sort of talking about his journey to find a church where he he could take his son who's got down syndrome and he kind of listed some of the things that people have said to him over the years um and you know just some of them are just so hurtful and like what one of the ones that particularly stuck with me was that when he when they had asked um if his if their son could be baptized the the vicar had said, well, he, he didn't need to be because children with special needs just go to heaven. Didn't you know? Um, and I, you know, I think 
that there's sort of one end of it where you know there's there are these people who are just really hurt by the way that churches maybe run and the things that people say and you know whether they were said with ill intent or not um they still hurt and then i think people will hear your story and i think people will probably sort of think gosh we just can't do that you know i can't i can't build a whole new ministry or i'm one person working in a church and we've got a staff team of one we've got no amazing people coming to work for our church who have got five-star culinary hospitality experience we don't know Makaton, we've got no money hardly anyone comes so how on earth are we meant to make our church a welcome a welcome place or a place that people with you know who've got children who or who have got learning difficulties themselves will want to come and not just want to come but will come and feel welcomed and a part of the family um and i know i know the three of you have offered kind of advice and i know that people have looked at at wave as a model um and i also know that people have traveled and do travel currently a couple of hours to come to wave um because of how unique and special it is so i suppose i'm just interested to kind of hear um what do you what do you think a church can can do like what how can a church um, adapt their services and things like that. What are your thoughts on that? I I did some research last year um, looking at what the barriers are to inclusion in church and in the wider community. And I think one of the big learnings from that for me was that this sort of ministry is not initiated or sustained by church leaders it starts mm. in the pew and it starts with the most unexpected people probably who are passionate about a family member or a friend with learning disabilities and so mm. i would say to church leaders it doesn't have to be you our church mm. is lovely but they have never funded us They've never provided any staff for us. We're a team that came together because we have a passion around what we're trying to do. And so I would say, just find the people who have the passion in your church and it will happen. And it will be an opportunity for you rather than a burden. Uh, because mm -hmm. the research shows that actually people, families that have a learning disabled member are more likely to go to church than those than others and people with learning disabilities are the best at inviting others to church and people find it very difficult to say no to their friends with learning disabilities and so you may find that you are blessed beyond your expectations by finding the people in your church or in your community who may be passionate about this and we know that it's more likely than not to be people who are teachers who work with SEN in the SDN area or social workers people who know how difficult it is for individuals and families who happen to be Christians and would be interested in starting this sort of work in their church I think it's it's also important to just remember that it wasn't a quick journey so you know wave didn't happen just like that and Bernice didn't realize oh it's got to be me that's starting this to get this going I imagine to begin with she probably did take it to the church and say look what can we do about it or can you help me as a family to feel more included and so I have lots of conversations with families who might feel quite frustrated that their child can't access their service with the rest of the family for, for what, whatever reason that might be, but that there is going to be people in their congregation and in their community who are in a similar situation or, or who might be able to support them and talk to them and have that conversation with them. Mm -hmm. um, and so really it's, it's about how can we start 
these conversations? How can we begin to um, just talk about being more able to, for people to access us? You know, whether that's through how we promote our services. So we're all online at the moment, which for many families actually is great because mm. I can be at home and I can be involved in church from my living room. I don't have to worry about getting my children on the bus and then getting into a building and that building might be quite strange it might be quite big or noisy or whatever you know the difficulties might be the physical access access might be different but it's it's about those kind of first thoughts and really new to this situation but there are going to be people who we can kind of build build teams with alliance with and and start to um make progress and it, it it really isn't a specialist area i think people think oh you've got to really understand the area and you know mm. if you're looking for a model of how to do inclusive church jesus is a really good model because he told really simple stories he used really everyday items and pictures that people understood easily um, it's just a question of, and whatever you do to make a service more accessible for someone with a learning disability, everybody benefits from. Uh, we've done a couple of invitation services at our church, and I remember before the first one <laughs> we did, I was literally sat there in tears because I thought we are going to get ripped to shreds because our church is very, what's um, the way to describe it? It likes a heavy sermon, you know, a good biblical expository sermon. And we were going to come and do a short 10 minute talk <laughs> for people with learning disabilities. And I, I lost my bottle about 20 minutes before we started thinking it was going to be a disaster. But actually, it was a wonderful service and we had so many people come up to us afterwards and say that was so inspiring i got so much out of that and it doesn't yeah it doesn't always have to be complicated or deep in order to touch people if that makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. one of the, one yeah. of the ones that we did you, you used the example of comfort zones and I, you gave everyone a, a different coloured dot as they walked in to the church service and uh, I mean it was like five minutes in we got them all to move around which of course you said everyone's gonna hate this um, but it was amazing because actually it was such a visual picture of you know they had all moved from their seat that they usually sit in every Sunday and they were sat next to someone different and Actually, they were. Even that was a step out of their comfort zone. So then to have the whole service talking about comfort zones, um, it was just fantastic. And that, that was like just one small way. And people are still talking about it now. And I mean, they still ask us back. So we clearly did an all right job. I'm sorry, carry on, Becky. Just going back to what Bernice said about, you know, what Jesus did and a lot of the time Jesus didn't use words to show what he was doing he he did it through action or he did it through um telling a story or just showing his love whether that was you know facial expression or gesture or you know doing something to care and I think a lot of the time in the wave services it's about that it's about how can we actually demonstrate how can we show what we're talking about um through our lives rather than worrying about that heavy sermon that might be 20 25 minutes and then thinking at the end oh i've totally lost track of you know what we were talking about whereas actually it's a real concise theme to each wave session and it can be very difficult for some people to think about things in such a concrete way so to, if we've got a theme of love what is love and just getting everyone to have a reflective activity thinking about love having some songs about love and not not worrying too much about you know all the other contextual elements 
that could link to it if we were in a everyday service but just stripping things back to the pureness of, of what it actually is that we want people to to understand and to learn so we're very um we're very strict with ourselves in our planning meetings and we ensure that um, as far as possible, it has to be simple, interactive, visual, and um, easily applicable to our members' everyday lives. Um, and, we and so we will have one simple message that we want to get across and we, and we will use the music and the drama and the craft and the prayer. Everything is trying to reinforce that one simple message um, throughout the meeting. And what what do you see as the fruit of that? Do you how how do you kind of measure? I suppose the success of of um, of stripping things back to to that kind of extent is it is it that the members who are um, members of Wave are then able to kind of um, like recall or understand like or is it a bit about all of that kind of stuff? Because we have such a wide range of abilities at our group this was something that used to keep me up at nights to be honest because I thought how can we provide something that will be relevant to our members who are non-verbal um, and possibly operating at the age of a five-year-old in terms of intellect through to those some of our members although they have learning disabilities they are working and living independently um, some have been to college and how do we provide something that can meet that full range and the way I made peace with it was by accepting that everybody takes something away from each of our meetings so even if it is just the fact that you walk in somebody recognizes you speaks to you listens to you pays attention to you at the one end through to you being able to contribute to the teaching and the drama and be able to ask questions. And um, I think one of, the, one of the highlights for me was when we were looking at the word holy and people would say, oh, that's a difficult concept to explain to people with learning disabilities. And I don't know why we decided to do it, but we did. And, um, one of our members actually she was one of our members at the time who was traveling from um somewhere near oxford so she had quite a long drive back in the car with her daughter and her daughter's friend with learning disabilities and she said that the conversation they had on the way back was so deep and she was so not shocked but surprised that they were able to talk about what holy meant the penny had dropped for them um and so yeah we don't know half the time whether what we're doing is making a difference but there are those little glimmers of hope when people ask questions that show they are thinking about what we've said or when they have conversations afterwards that show they've been thinking about what we've been talking about that's what gives us the sense that we're making a difference i love one of the things i love that is said on the website on the wave website was that the wave was um that the that you realised with the setting up of it, you know, by by parents, was that the greatest barrier that we face, or that, that parents of, of children with, with disabilities face, can't be eradicated by legislation and policy. It needs a change in the attitudes of those who have little or no experience of disability. Um, I think this would be true of a lot of people in in our church and churches. That we know you know our church is not huge um and most people are in families with neurotypical uh i, I can't think of a really a, a helpful word maybe straightforward but you know in a sort of normal straightforward way yeah. um, and I, I tell us a bit about what you found as you have um come to that conclusion and how those of us who and as I've said, Kat and I have got some experience of this as parents, but we, I mean, we don't have much, and but even we have more than a lot of people that we know. Um, how can we, how can we, um, t just talk to us a bit about that. I 
had an experience of Down syndrome when I started WAVE. That was my comfort zone, if you like, because that's the condition my daughter has. Um, I really struggled sometimes when we had new members coming to WAVE Club who uh, were on the autistic spectrum, for example, which I did not have a lot of experience of. And I was fearful because I thought, I, I, I don't know how to, how to be with these people. I don't know how to make them feel comfortable with what we're doing. Um, and I remember feeling quite anxious about it for, for a while. And then gradually, just by spending time with individuals, you almost don't notice it happening, but you suddenly realize, actually, I feel okay about this. It's, you just get to know the person and it becomes, it becomes less about what their difficulties are and more about what you can actually connect through. Um, and I think particularly for us as Christians, we have to believe that there is something of Jesus in them and Jesus in us that connects and can communicate. Um, but it, it is, it's as simple as the more you do it, the easier it gets. And if you, and if you never do it, then it will always be an issue. It will always be a stumbling block. Yeah. But if you just get in a room and even at Wave Cafe, there are some people who come along because Wave Cafe, uh, it doesn't say we're a place where people with learning disabilities hang out. It presents itself as a community cafe where there's creative activities. And some people literally do walk in off the street, not realizing. And then they start doing their craft and they think, oh, there's quite a few people with learning disabilities here. And, you know, they may feel uncomfortable initially, but I've literally seen people go from the beginning of one evening being looking and feeling really uncomfortable to just loving it by the end of the evening. It takes longer for some. But it is just a question of familiarity reduces that anxiety. It, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Mm. So, so just thinking about um, just thinking about church then, and I suppose the idea of of this kind of contingent of people that probably make up the majority of our churches having or maybe needing to engage with this. Um, I, when we spoke to Becky last week, we very briefly touched on like what are some easy things that churches could be doing to make um, to make them more welcoming uh, to people with learning difficulties. Or um, yeah, so and and Becky Becky gave us a, a really a really easy kind of tip of a um, visual timeline, um, but we said that we would revisit it in in a bit more detail. Um, so I just wonder whether you might suggest like a few things, very simple and easy things that could actually make quite a big difference to those coming. Do you want to take that, Becky, or shall I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I can definitely talk on the kind of communication side and the, you know, understanding side of things. I think just having some sort of visual prompt. So we said about the visual timetable, very easy to add into, you know, screens and PowerPoints now. Um, so everyone can see a visual countdown to when we're getting coffee and cake or juice and biscuit or whatever it is at the end of the service, um, which for WAVE is a big part of the service at the end, socialising um, together. But other things in services are things like, you know, having visuals, having photos having pictures to summarize what you're talking about or what you're referring to in in that part of the service lots of services now have videos videos can be really helpful um, for everyone because the visual element of that can essentially remove the the auditory so the the spoken language which lots of people might find difficult because they can see through their facial expression and you know, the way that they're being in that video, mm. more about the understanding. Mm. Um, and I think the main other thing that is just so special about WAVE is that 
it's such a welcoming environment it's such a relaxed environment and I think that is difficult in some big churches to have because they're so big um, you will always have a welcome team and you know in our church that rotates around so that's lovely because you get different people that you meet each week um, however some people might always like to know that the, a particular person is there that they can go and speak to um, they might wear a certain badge or something so that they know oh you know what? I can go to this person and sit next to them because they've said that that's okay for me to do that mm. um, so there are some kind of hidden rules that actually are quite easy to implement as well but it's about finding out in your church who are those willing participants to you know already be there and and, and like you said it might be the people that are already working in special schools it might be family members that already have people with additional needs or you know an interest in it already and it's highly likely every church will have a, a group of people that already you know are are there and already willing to do that and those are the people that you just want to kind of tease out and find out what their strengths are yeah. to create it yeah and I think any any church that puts a, a great value on welcoming will be able to do this easily because it, it is all about just being welcoming because a lot of families face rejection um, in so many areas and walking into church if you i think people with learning disabilities have a have a heightened emotional sense whereby if they walk in and they think people are not really wanting them to be there they will feel that in a way probably more deeply than others would and so mm -hmm. to walk into somewhere and to genuinely feel that when somebody smiles at you and says hi welcome they mean that that is 80% of the battle, you know, mm. I mean, being friendly and welcoming in that way and listening. If, if it is possible, if, if there's a sense that there needs to be adjustments made, being willing to sit and talk and listen and understand how you can make adjustments. There may not need to be huge adjustments, but speaking to the individuals concerned um, and asking what can we do to make it easier for you with mm probably be the best way to go i do think that that's that's another kind of common misunderstanding is that people feel there needs to be changes mm. in, you know we have to implement all of these changes in order to be able to make everyone feel welcome but actually what you're already doing is great for a lot of people with learning difficulties yeah. church has a structure you mm. know you come in you sit down you have all these different kind of elements of a service mm. um and so that that aspect is already great um mm. if you know people do have specific access requirements or you know visual aids or hearing aids whatever it might be physically that's slightly different. We can, we can work with that once we've had that conversation and we've built up a relationship with them. It might be, you know, sensory aspects or, or whatever, you know, something just to help someone feel a bit more part of that environment. The, the general access into a church environment doesn't really need much change. Um, it's more about kind of the attitudes and almost empowering the people that do feel like this is something that's really important for them and their community to feel like they can do that so to be part of the welcoming team and feel like they really can help families to feel welcome if they are new to the, to the church or to the community yeah i think i think you're right and actually kat and i when we were just prepping for this interview a couple of days ago we we kind of came to, to almost to a similar conclusion that in in loads of ways church should be a really easy place for people to come to because oh, who's who's voting that's <laughs> all right <laughs> um Be becky just expertly signed that that was her <laughs> um yeah and we yeah we just talked you know we talked about the idea that 
like church first and foremost needs to be welcoming and not off-putting it doesn't need to be a place where your child's like the purpose of church for my children isn't for them to find all of their spiritual input and direction from church it's for them to kind of see what church is to know that they're part of a family and to to teach them how to be part of church and you know in the hopes that they will want to be a part of that mm. as they grow up mm. because you know that's that's the place primarily where the gospel works and mm. growth will happen mm. but my yeah like the the concern isn't that they are taught exactly what everything you know that's my job as their parent to do that that's not the job of the children's worker or the vicar mm. um but you know first and foremost so i think it's yeah it's, it's almost been it's almost a sort of relieving idea i think to think that like we are you know we're most of the way there already but yeah. we, there are so. there are just little things that can that can just make it a little bit easier um and i yeah, I think the the comfort thing is a really being comfortable enough to go and say to somebody who you know has has got some sort of disability, um, you know, how can we help or what what's easy for you? I think you you kind of have to you kind of have to be brave to do that in some ways if you've never done that before. But speaking to someone who um, is totally blind, and I think. Some, some of the things that have been the worst things for her in churches is where people have just ignored it and, you know, not even given lip service to it. And actually to, to come and be asked, do you want me to help you go up for communion? Or like, do you need that? Or would you rather come to you? Like, it's just a conversation. Mm. And, and I think, you know, when that has happened, actually that's been really liberating and, mm. and really, and really welcoming. So mm. Well, you're not pointing yeah, that's... out something that they're not aware of, are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm yes. Sure. I, I can't yes, exactly. Help. I don't want to point it out, but it's a bit embarrassing. Did you realise? Really sorry yeah. to bring it up. <laughs> so, and similarly well, with families, you know, if if you're saying, you know, I notice that your child likes to shout out or make noises or um or or run around or, you, you know, try. Speak, again, speaking from experience, as, as mm. if you're that family, you, you've noticed already. Mm. So somebody yeah. mentioning it actually can be helpful. Yeah. I mean, not, not if they're like telling you off, but, but yeah. otherwise it, the, it's helpful to have an issue seen and mm. acknowledged rather than covered over as, especially if, if it's, if it's a, an, a, a, di a disability or, or the sorts of needs that can kind of go under the radar mm. you can if you can kind of pass as normal mm. then nobody then you don't get tr your needs don't get taken into consideration mm. as though oh mm. you know we're all a bit like that or my children are a bit like that as well don't worry about it um mm. where actually often it's really helpful if somebody just said i wondered if your child would would like a visual timetable of children's church would that I wonder if that would help mm, and then mm. to find out that actually it does really help is mm. is is brilliant rather yes. than just lumping them in um yes. but again as, you, but as I, you're saying i think it's really liberating as well to think that um often it's often it's small tweaks that we're talking about rather than that we all suddenly become you know a neuropsychiatrist or sort of i think that's the that's the most important point because I think it makes it then an excuse if you think oh, it's, it's a really specialist area, you know, doing yeah. church for people with learning disability. Oh, no, we couldn't possibly because it, it's just so niche. It yeah. really isn't. It's church and we're supposed to be one body. All the parts of the body are important. And if any part is missing, then the body is not whole and so mm. we should just think of it as doing church properly rather than doing special church mm. so what's next what next what's next for for wave ah well <laughs> we, we've been in muswell hill for 10 years and we took a deep breath 
after our celebration last year. And we had a bit of a collapse because it was such hard work doing all the research on the 10 year anniversary. And, um, and we've decided we want to take Wave beyond Muswell Hill. So we have a new development director who is passionate about this area of work. He um, spends a couple of days a week, or he, he used to spend a day or two a week uh, working at the Larsh community in London. And so he has a real heart for this area of work. And we want to take Wave beyond Muswell Hill. So we're looking for opportunities to um, encourage others in whatever way we can, but also to find partners firstly in London, because we can't travel too far initially, who we could take a mixed abilities SWAT team along to and help them to get their own social type groups going, whatever that may look like. It doesn't have to look at like what we do in Muswell Hill. It'll be dependent on the communities that we go to, what their capabilities and passions are, and but just doing whatever you do with a mixed abilities team, having people with and without learning disabilities doing things with and not for each other. So that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, with and not for. I yep. love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much, ladies. That's been very informative and really encouraging and inspiring. I love the way that you've been working together and um, and to hear the stories of some of the um, some of the people who are using your services is really lovely. And I feel very encouraged to um, think about the way that we that we will be acting in church. It's a shame we're not going to get to put it into practice for I don't know how long in person. But anyway, that's a, another issue. Um, then, as you know, on our podcast, we always like to have what we call Plum Crumble, where we recommend something for our listeners. So we would love to hear a recommendation from each of you of something that you've been really enjoying or loving or something that... Um, something related to what we've been talking about today but it doesn't have to be that who wants to go first hannah why don't you go first <laughs> i um there's a great film on netflix um called grace unplugged um and it's just a cheesy um american film about a a christian film about a girl whose dad was a singer and um had kind of gone in like the performing world and decide you know left it all to follow jesus and then she's kind of decided to go and do the rock star life and he's kind of you know she has to go down that road and then she comes back to jesus but it's just an uplifting film for lockdown life that um yeah, I grew up in America, so I love a cheesy American film. <laughs> Great, we'll look that one you're up. In the, you're on the right podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Becky? Um, I've been listening to a singer called Cat Mills. Um, I actually was put in touch with her through Facebook. Um, she's autistic, but she's trying to make all of her music inclusive. So I asked if I would sign some of her songs. And um, oh, wow. I just started to listen to her anyway. And she's just got such a such a great way of being able to portray quite tricky concepts. And, and just they're just really lovely, I think, to, to listen to. And also just to have in the background as well when you're trying to maybe think things through or read things. Um, just quite a nice, reassuring words to listen to. Cat Mills. Mm. Okay, I will, I will look her up. Thank you. And last but not least, Benice, what have you got for us? Ah, uh, I'm really sorry that <laughs> my plum crumble is, is, is so embarrassing. I've just really been enjoying going to church in my pajamas. <laughs> I've just absolutely love uh, it comes back to what we've been talking about about just being able to be comfortable in church and it doesn't get more comfortable than that at the moment being able to lie in bed and go to church in your pajamas so is that why I you enjoy. don't is that why you don't join that's Zoom why i don't coffee. do coffee <laughs> <laughs> the secret's out the secret's out <laughs> i'm in the bathroom when zoom coffee's going on <laughs> 
I think, well, I think there's a lot of people enjoying that at the moment. We had um, we had our growth yeah. group on Zoom last night, and somebody in our growth group who is a a, a fan of the plum, plum the podcast did did a, admit that she hadn't got dressed all day. That she usually puts on a pair of like slightly different pajamas for the day, or like does get dressed at some point. But yesterday she hadn't at all, and I think some I... people are just like that. <laughs> I think I think that's the same person who I've talked about having day pajamas and night pajamas with. Yeah, which is uh, your favourite attire as well, isn't it? At the moment, it totally is. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so with you. It's brilliant, great. Well, we are going to Plum Crumble jointly the Wave website, so you can look out for the link on our socials, and you can go and have a little look um, at the Wave website and the things that they do. And um, yeah, we hope you enjoy looking at it and feel as humbled and inspired by the story of it as we That's have. So kind. <laughs> so, oh well, it's um, it's a it's a real pleasure to have been able to to speak to you all of all three of you. Um, so, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and we will be back next week with as yet an unknown topic. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Look forward to talking to you then. Bye-bye.